Hello and welcome to another edition, episode number 52 of the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast. Jim here alongside my friend, co-host, former coach, professional evaluator. We almost have the same hat on today for those watching on the YouTube page, but we don't. It's different. His probably looks a little bit cooler than mine because it's actually a home plate, but I love my hat nevertheless. He's a successful business owner too, everybody. And his name, he's the people's champ. His name is Jake Epstein. Yeah, yours is more of a Texas, mm-hmm. you know, ranch hat. Yeah. It's got the got the patch with the stitching on it. <laughs> the new ones will be in the shape of Texas. So we have a Texas mm. line coming out. So Very it's good. the state of Texas, it says the lab. That's good brand. Yes. Yeah, There's right. nothing I don't like less, though, than merchandise and inventory. I will tell you that's, you know, it's a part of the business revenue stream. Yeah. But it's a very small stream, and it takes a lot of work, and I'm just not into it. But people like the stuff. People like stuff. Where can you get these hats, just out of curiosity, in case anybody well, watching wants one? Who knows? You, 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 right now, you got to go down to the lab. We have one left. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got to order more hats. Yeah, we got to do another run of gear soon. So uh, Back order. Back order. Yeah, you're going to have to. I, I mean, it's tough. It's, it's tough. I'll be honest. I mean, they go like they go like hot. You know, people just, it's like Nike, you know, or Adidas mm-hmm. or Under Armour. People are like, oh, Lab's got new gear. We better, we better buy it all up because yeah. there's such a, there's such a market for it and it, and it appreciates in value. Mm-hmm. You, know, you buy a hat today for $30 and it's worth 50 the next day. It's a whole black market. It's great. You know, I, I sometimes, I know you pretty well. I sometimes can't tell if you're being sarcastic <laughs> or not. You're a very good actor. I, I actually held that one together pretty well. You did very totally good. Totally sarcastic. Totally yeah. sarcastic. Mm. Yes. So here we are drinking our coffee on this Monday morning or mm-hmm. whatever time it is. Yeah. Whatever time you want it to be this. Whatever week. it is after Tatis hit two home runs over the weekend. Hey, I'm glad you brought him power. up. I'm glad you brought him up. I have uh, a, a stat here that was tweeted by Buster Olney, and I want to uh, I want to read it to you, and I want to get more of your opinion because I, I think. Um, I want to ask you about his shoulder, too, and how that's affecting his swing. Um, Fernando, this is from Buster Olney on Twitter, and actually it's from Elias Sports. Fernando Tatis Jr. has played 157 games, giving easy context to his statistics because that is just about one full season. This is from Buster Olney. Tatis Jr. has 45 home runs, 106 RBIs, 29 steals. By the way, quick question for you. Do you say RBI or RBIs? Ooh, that's a good one. If you say RBI, the show's over. Yeah, I don't think I do. Good. Yeah, okay. I think I say it plural. Yeah, for all of you who say RBI, he had three idiot. RBIs. Right, yeah. runs batted in. Right, people. Yeah, um, but ru- but runs, it's always plural. It's not run batted in. It's runs batted in. So essentially, R- RBI is plural though. That's what I try to tell for people. Runs batted. Yeah, that's what it should be RBIs. Mm-hmm. Even when you're writing it, it should be RBIs with a small S. It's not what run if it was, What if it was only one? He had one RBI. Then you put RBI, one RBI. But if he has two RBIs, it's RBI, lowercase s. Well, I get that. But if you're translating it, RBI is runs. Correct. So it would say one runs batted in. If you were to write RBI out and they only had no. one of them. I'm saying if you write one RBI out, you write one R. No, no, not R. If you spell RBI out, what it stands for, the acronym. Runs. Or it could be runs. Batted. Right, but who runs batted it? 
But whoever said it, it can be just one run. I'm just run trying to be confrontational. I'm just trying to be confrontational. Well, you know, for all those people who say RBI, I don't want to be your friend. Just for everybody watching, listening to it. It's over. It's over. It's over. We're not okay, going to have so a relationship. What were we talking about? Um, uh, we were talking about Buster Olney. Buster, Buster yeah. Olney. I bet, you, I, bet your Buster, I bet your Buster Olney would agree with me, by the way. I don't know if Tim Kirchner would, though, about that. I think Tim Kirchner's had a big mm-hmm. argument about um, 106 RBIs, 29 steals. He is the only player in history who had at least 40 home runs, 100 RBIs, and 20 stolen bases over his last over his first 162 games. He had a couple home runs last night. Wow. Or over the weekend against the Dodgers. One home run where he barely even finished his swing because of his shoulder. But we're going to do a mechanical breakdown series on him down the line. But he is a tremendous he might be the face of baseball at this point yeah, yeah. And he's got one of the smoothest loads I mean, and swings that throughout yeah. all of baseball it's very everything's very calm so he is magnificent mm-hmm. um he hit uh so bauer the he had two breaking balls for home runs off bauer this weekend and he mocked him when he does the one eye thing which is and he mocked hilarious. Him, which was funny and which bauer actually said he liked he's like that's yeah. how the game has to be i'm not gonna light him up because i'll probably strike him out a few times and i'll mm. probably you know give him some ninja sword he also said bauer said um he he struck out hosmer and gave him like the sword mm-hmm. and then hosmer he's like and then hosmer hit a ball right back at my face the next at bat <laughs> and then he gave me the sword when he got the first and we both had a chuckle about it and mm-hmm. i just think that's cool man i think that's Baseball people take stuff way too seriously. You know, it, it is a game, and and like guys, hey, pitchers get pumped up. Like pitchers get excited, they get pumped up, and they're gonna celebrate too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's okay if a hitter celebrates because it's just part, you know it, it, that's the way the game is moving. And when you start throwing at guys for that, then then you you got a problem. And Bauer called guys out on that. I thought it was pretty cool. He's like, you know what? They're gonna get me sometimes. I'm gonna get them sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. But getting back to Tatis. Says home runs and multiple RBIs. He hit a, a, a hanging slider mm-hmm. in the first inning. I think it was the first inning. Mm-hmm. And then he hit a slider that was about a ball outside, maybe even more, maybe a ball and a half, like three to five inches off the plate. He hit for a home run. Mm-hmm. Who does that? The guy he hit that's it to left smart, center, correct? And he hit it just to the left of center. Okay. Yeah. But he was cheating, people. Yeah. Cheating is bad. What's up? He was totally looking for. There's no reason for him to swing at a slider off the plate unless he was looking for it. If you break it down, so I looked at it. I watched the video. He dove into the plate, probably six inches, yeah. his stride foot. He dove into it. He was looking away. He was definitely looking off speed. And even though the pitch wasn't even a strike, he was able to get barrel to it. Now, most guys don't have, even if they do have the right thought process and they don't have the ability to do that. But I would have been pissed if I was Bauer. Bauer's like, are you kidding me? That ball wasn't even a strike. And he just hit it off the plate because he had a good mindset. Maybe that brings us back to Vlad Guerrero. Why was Vlad Guerrero such a bad ball hitter? You know, I don't know. It wasn't in his head. But maybe he would look for different pitches. And he would sell out so much that he would just he would know the break and he would swing at those breaking balls that ended up being at his shins and, and he would get a piece. So when you have a player with that kind of ability and that kind of mental aptitude at a young age, 
man, that's uh, I mean, that's the Cy Young winner he just hit off of. Yeah, yeah. And Bauer does forty million a year. Yeah, does Bauer have his own line now? I saw him doing the interview, and it's like a Bauer. It looked like a B with like a electric. He's some kind of bolt, some kind like of brand. Bauer I'm not sure. Added. He had it on his. He had it on his Nike shirt. Yeah. It had the Dodgers. It had the big. I mean, this guy's. Yeah. He's branding you know, himself. Another thing about Fernando Tatis Jr. And it just goes to show the point we made a couple of weeks ago about the kids of fathers who played the game. Yeah. Just tell his approach and the way he goes about the game is just different because he had that clubhouse experience growing up and he had a father who played in the game who Mm -hmm. helped him understand how to actually go about his daily routine. You can just tell watching him every day on TV or just watching him even like I was this weekend that something's different about him and it's not just his talent, his physical talent. I don't know what is going to be up with his follow through. You know, I don't, I, I, he let go yesterday, yeah. you know, with one arm. And that's why I teach players. Um, even my own kid likes to let go with one arm. And when, you know, when you do that all the time and you take a lot of swings and you continue to pull this over here, it puts mm-hmm. a lot of strain yeah. on your bicep tendon, on your rotator cuff, on your labrum. I remember the first guy to do it was, um, Fred McGriff, I remember, used to have that big helicopter finish and he tore his rotator cuff Yeah, yeah. on his non-throwing arm, on his right. right arm, right? And he was left-handed thrower. So, you know, there's something to that. So we have to be careful the way that we do it. So even when I have players like in the online academy and we're doing drills where I have them, uh, we're doing bottom hand drills, one-arm drills, Yeah, I'll make sure as they're doing it and they come through that they don't go too far. I don't want them to open up this shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, because of that, you know, because if you do a couple hundred of those every week or a thousand of them a month and you're lifting weights, yeah. um, it puts undue stress that's not going to be needed. By the way, uh, they people on MLB Network were talking about uh, moving the mound back again and how it's possibly gaining more steam. And uh, I know that lo- I know your lo- your look is just ugh. It's just a yeah. look of disgust. Um, yeah. Are we jumping the gun on this mound, moving the mound back talk? I mean, I, I just think we're just jumping the gun way too fast. That's all. Yeah, I, I think that's a weird. It's a weird one. It's like making, uh, I, it's like in hockey, making the, the goal bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, I, I guess they did make the, and I'm not a hockey expert, but I do love the sport. Um they made it the a area, bigger. The, they well, made, they made not the goal. Where they could stand. Right. Whatever right. it is. The goal crease. The, the crease. Yeah. They made yeah. that smaller. Smaller. Mm-hmm. Right. So they could get closer to the goalie. Right. But they didn't make the actual dimensions any different. Yeah. You know, the dimensions are the skaters are faster, skaters are stronger. Right. They're probably, mm-hmm. um, they probably have better, you know, skills. They probably, you know, have harder shots nowadays than they did before, whatever. But, they're not like making the skates different so that they slow them down. Yeah. They're not making, you know, the, 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 um, the sticks different or the curve. Well, maybe they adjusted that. I don't know. I'm talking, you know, without really knowing all the rules, but you know, it's the same thing. Soccer. They haven't changed the soccer, the size of the soccer goal. Like you can't change the dimensions of the field. Right. Like you can change the outfield dimensions, how far the ball goes, but you can't change the, the angles of the field. You can't change where the bases are. You can't change where the mound is. I, mm-hmm. I just, I have a really hard time for that. I think we're, we're giving in to yeah. 
the deficiency of today's game of the of the hitters today. Yeah. Um, if you want to be better, I I saw some of the worst calls in my life last night in that Dodger game. I don't know who the home plate umpire was, but it was brutal. He was calling pitches. That ball that Bauer threw this far off the plate probably would have been called a strike. He rang somebody up for the Dodgers. And it's not like I'm a huge Dodger fan, right? Right. I'm a baseball right. fan, but I'm definitely more of a Padre fan. I grew up in San Diego and I I'm pulling for Tingler. But I mean, he rang somebody up. Was it I don't know? Dodger guys. They just roll new guys in all the time. Mm-hmm. They really do. All these young guys, they just kind of roll them in. They all kind of look the same, have the same body. Anyway. You're talking about you're talking about pitchers, pitcher. No, no, they're Umpire. offensive guys. Well, I'm talking about the guy that struck out, but he struck oh, out right. the bases. There was like second and third. It was like a early in the game, right? Like a base hit blows this game open. It's like two to one or something. Yeah. And the guy rings him up on a two, two pitch. That was, I mean, they showed it in the strike zone and Snell like laughed as he's walking off the mound, mm-hmm. you know, after he threw the pitch, that's how bad the call was. So if you want to increase offense, you can make the strike zone, not determined by the person sitting behind the plate. Yeah. But make it universal, make it digital, whatever you got to do, make it hittable so that if a pitch catches the bottom or the top right of that strike zone, it's not really a strike. Like it's not a very difficult thing to create a strike zone. That's if if we're having issues with balls bouncing, breaking balls bouncing that are being called a strike, then, you know, you adjust it. Right. It's technology. So you do that and you leave the and you get rid of the shifts you you make you know two guys have to be on each side of the infield boom and now all of a sudden you can reward a guy for hitting a line drive up the middle right now a guy hits a hard ground ball up the middle or a line drive up the middle it's an out now tatis did it last night i think it was like his fourth at bat maybe yeah he did it last night and i think it was uh well hold on i have it here at second base noose where that is he was, yeah, second, right. he was, he was to the left Another of second. young Dodger guy. They just brought up, yeah. you know, I mean, they just, yeah. they really do. They got rid of, they, I should say they got rid of, but who's the, is it Jason uh, Taylor? Was his name Jason? No, Chris Taylor, Taylor, Chris Taylor, Taylor right? Well, he was, uh, he wasn't in the lineup last night, but no, uh, I think Taylor signed with somebody else. No, that was right? Kike Hernandez. Oh, that was Kike. Red Sox. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, all these same guys that are just like kind of good athletes that play all over the field, they, they run them in. But, you know, that's one way to do it. Right now, what you're telling players to do, look, I'm going to give you the opposite field ground ball. Mm-hmm. So what does that do? Well, that takes away really extra base hits. I mean, let's be honest. It's not that easy to hit an opposite field double. Right. Okay. I mean, that's that's a hard thing to do, to fly the ball hard into the opposite field gap right so now i'm trying to just hit a ball because they're giving me the entire you know opposite field ground ball side i'm just trying to put a ball over there yeah well that takes away extra base hits which takes away scoring runs or getting into scoring position Mm -hmm. so now we're like okay i gotta drive the ball but now i can't pull the ball hard because i got a second baseman playing right field yeah i got another right fielder out there i got the shortstop up the middle if i hit so you forced hitters and you forced baseball into hitting balls in the air and try to hit home runs. That's what the we've made the game that way by being smarter. You know, right. the the analytics make people so I'm not an analytics guy, but you look at enough data and you're like, okay, well, he hits it here all the time. Let's take away the base hit up the middle. Right. Let's yeah. take away this. So they're doing well, that's their simple job. analytics 101, pretty much. Right. It's just scouting. 
Yeah. You know, it's just putting it into a computer versus somebody having to handwrite yeah. it and then come up with it themselves, right? So it's, but now all of a sudden, you know, it's changed the game. So now we're going to move the mound back to make it easier to hit a home run. How about we just, if you want more hits and you want guys to put more balls in play, you have to give them a field to be able to do that. And I, and I do think, and, and I'm probably deaf, I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority on the shift and probably on the strike zone too. But I think those are things that we're not changing the game. I mean, the game's meant to have two guys on each side of the infield. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's why we call them positions. You're mm-hmm. playing second base, not, you know, whatever the heck's that that's called behind second base, you know, mid center field. Mm-hmm. And we have a strike zone that's defined in a rule book, yeah. but it's interpreted by different people. And I think if you bring those together, maybe things will change. And that's why I'm running for president in 2024. Epstein 2024. But I can't use the name Epstein. That, that'll never get voted in. Hmm. Can I be in your cabinet? Change. Sure. What would I be? I'd have to change my name to like Wallace or Smith. All right, but more importantly, what would I what would I be in your cabinet? Director of bullshit. <laughs> and you'd be the highest paid member and the most important. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as chief of staff. Uh, oh, I thought you were alluding to somebody else. Well, you know what? One and the same, I guess. Uh, the umpire yeah. last night, I hate to call him out, um, Chad Whitson. I don't know if you heard. Yeah, him. he had a bad game. Or, or I only saw a couple innings, so he, he missed you know, a lot. Uh, of he- yeah. I'm, you know who else had a bad game last night behind the plate? Uh, the umpire in the Yankees-Indians game. Look him up here. Mm. Greg Gibson. Usually he's pretty good. Mm. He had a bad game last night. It, and, and you know what? Sometimes you have bad games. You don't feel well, right? You don't feel well. You got the coronavirus running through you. Hey, fun fun story. I once, uh, I'm not going to name the umpire, but I once uh, went on a date with his sister a few years back. She lives in Florida. I won't name Mm -hmm. the immediately umpire, but I went on a date with his sister. And she showed me a picture of of him ejecting Mike Matheny when Matheny was with the Cardinal. Yeah. That's weird. I thought that... uh, Joe West's sister would have been a lot older for you, but mm. to each no. their own, Jim. Yes, yes, indeed. Hey, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the show, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, TuneIn, and Stitcher, and YouTube. For those listening, not watching the show, I don't know what you're doing. You should be watching us, but okay, whatever. You could be driving the car, whatever. Um, the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast YouTube page. So go ahead and please subscribe so you can watch us do the show every single week once a week once a week monday's oh. 9 a.m um a couple things before we get to our overrated underrated segment today Ooh. got some i've got some fun topics too some fun little cheesy topics that you might like um i have a feeling we'll agree on some but maybe not not others which is fine I keep hearing one thing that annoyed me. We can week. still be friends, Jim, if we yeah, don't agree on things. We can still be friends, can't yeah, we? We don't. It's not well, good to hang out with like-minded people all the time. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I don't know. A couple on here. If you if you say yay or nay, and we disagree. Our friendship. <laughs> then it's over. And our friendship may be it. Maybe put in jeopardy. One thing that annoyed me this week, though. Ah, it feels like that's like once every week. Um. I'm listening to some some broadcasts throughout the uh, uh, throughout Major League Baseball, 
And uh, I'm, I'm watching telecasts and whatnot. And, and I keep hearing people say uh, we're off to they're off to a slow start and um, they're going to turn it around and just look at the 2019 Washington Nationals. You know what really annoys me about that? Number one, first of all, that's a rarity. I think you would agree with that. A team that starts mm-hmm. out 19 and 32 or 31, whatever it was, that's a rarity to come back and win the World Series. Everything, literally everything has to fall into place, perfectly into place. The Nationals that year, there were so many different circumstances that they had to overcome. They had to overcome bad bullpen, which was a problem throughout the entire year, really until they got Daniel Hudson. They had to overcome early season injuries. But then what was working in their favor when they started to turn things around, number one, they had a very soft schedule, gave them a lot of confidence, so it got, gave them a chance to, to get into rhythm. Number two, they got their big bats back. And number three, they weren't really in a very tough division. They were in a division with one other team that was competing with them, theoretically, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we but look at it realistically. It's not the stress, right? They didn't it's have not the AL East. Into, it, right? was, it was the Atlanta Braves and it was the Washington Nationals. Maybe mm-hmm. the Phillies a little bit, but they fell off. Okay. So my point is, too, when you say that, anybody says that, any manager that says that, I'm sure it was the same way when when you were coaching at the collegiate level, too. And it should have been because it was a lot smaller of a schedule. Mm -hmm. When you talk and reference and talk about teams that got off to a slow start, use that as an example, or you say, well, we're off to a slow start, we're going to turn it around. I think that creates complacency in a clubhouse and around an organization. And I don't like complacency, as you probably know. Do Mm -hmm. you agree with me on that? Does does this saying that? Or using the excuse of, well, we're off to a slow start. We'll turn it around. Doesn't that create a little bit of complacency in the end? Um, I I think it does. It sounds like it does. But the past is in the past. So we can't change what we did. If if we started off, you know, 5 and 15. Mm -hmm. And I say, yeah, we're off to a slow start. We were, uh, you know, the weather was bad, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm essentially trying to look at positives for moving forward. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm a coach in spring training or in January, February practice in college, I am before that slow start happens, I am reiterating we can't get off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. You need to be sharp. I don't want to hear excuses about the weather and how it's cold and how we haven't been outside. It doesn't matter. What matters is wins and losses. And if we don't have enough wins and we start off slow here on this first trip of the year, we can't have anything to blame it on because we're not going to make a regional unless we do this. We're not going to make the playoffs unless we do this. Mm -hmm. So you need to be sharp. You need to prepare yourself during spring training, during uh, preseason, if it's, you know, college softball or college baseball, Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to look back and make excuses. So if if I'm making this speech before the season started, then yes, I would never say something like, oh, we're going to get, you know, if we get off, if we get off to a slow start, we got to turn it around. But after that happens, I'm trying to make sure my ship doesn't go down. Right. I'm going to have to find something positive. I'm going to have to deflect some of the negativity that might be happening. And hey, we're off to a slow start, but we'll turn it around. I mean, Bruce Bochy was the greatest manager at all time of protecting his players mm-hmm. that were struggling. Yeah. In, the, in the media and in the press. And that would be something that he's, oh, he's off to a slow start, but we know he's always going to hit 260 this year with 15 home runs. Yeah. Right. 
Now, does Boach or does anyone else, do these managers really think that? No, they're pissed off that this guy's off to a slow start, mm-hmm. that he half-assed, half-assed his off-season training. Mm-hmm. He didn't show up ready to go in spring training or preseason or whatever it is. But these are things you have to say in the public eye. Yeah, I agree. But it, you know what? It, it and by announcers. Point. It's always announcers. you got to keep the listenership. We can't have people like Colorado, the Rockies stink, right? But the announcers mm-hmm. can't be like, oh, they – they're just terrible. No, they started off slow, but they'll bounce back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're nine. They're nineteen and seventy-two, but they'll bounce back, right? You see my point. There's only there's only you, you only, only certain, bounce back. You only have a month. To bounce only back. a certain ceiling, and same thing. One after those one hundred first plate appearances by a hitter. There's only so many. There's only so yeah. much. Uh, uh, so much protecting you can do at that point. That's right. That's all no, I'm you No, you're right. So yeah. I'm just not. A, I don't know. I, I I'm not. I don't disagree with you. I'm just not a complacency kind of guy i'm not it depends uh, where you are if you're in the public eye and you're getting interviewed then you're uh, oh we're off to a slow start it's just uh, yeah i get it but i i I just think a lot of fans could see through that and see well we're not very good i don't know or like for example the yankees saying well you know we're off to a slow start and you know we'll turn around will you though because you've got your you've got stanton struggling hicks struggling or we're struggling I, they I always know. struggle. When has Stanton not struggled with the Yankees? Right. That, that, that's my right. point. Like, uh, that's yeah. my point. No, you're, yeah. And you're exactly right. But, you know, he did hit a couple missiles the other day. Go back and look at where those pitches were. Mm-hmm. They were like top of the thighs, split the plate in half. Yeah. I mean, that's that's his hot zone. Mm-hmm. They weren't breaking balls. He seems very robotic at the plate, his mechanics. Yeah, always, and always has been. Yeah, yeah. It's just Maybe we should do a mechanical breakdown series on him, too. He's more of a, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know him personally, but you got to, like, his approach must be bad. Either his vision, his death perception, or his approach must be bad. Like Joey Gallo, for instance, who I think is um, a really good hitter. When I look at his mechanics, I'm like, he has pretty good mechanics. Well, um, he, he doesn't have great vision. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, you know and, what? I- and, and, and it's like, he can't do anything about it. Like that's just what he's going to be. He doesn't see twenty twenty. Right. So you know you better you better be able to hit what you could see, and so he struggles. But if you have somebody with really good vision, um, like you know Joey Gallo would almost be like uh, my dad was. Like you gotta you gotta cheat to be successful because you're not seeing. You're not on the same level as everyone else. You're not seeing spin. You're not seeing seams as much. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm sure there's other. He's one example I've heard of. But there's I'm sure there's other guys in the league that just don't see sharp. And they're guys that just they miss balls like they have good swings, but they they miss it because they, you know, they they're this much under it or this much over it. But it's not a mechanical issue where I feel like Stanton misses pitches by like this much. Can you see that? Is that in the screen? Like, you, mm-hmm. so there's, there's something I don't know. Like I, I watch he him, sells out too much. or something. I watch his swing. I, I uh, maybe this is the scout and me talking scout and me talking, but I don't like his swing. It's just choppy. I don't think if he was smaller and he wasn't the absolute physical specimen that he is, it just wouldn't, the swing wouldn't play. I don't know. I don't, maybe we can he do wouldn't we, be in, we can do he wouldn't be in the, yeah. yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be a major leaguer if he wasn't that body. And, and I think what he does is he tries to make his swing shorter and smaller and yeah. less move because he's so strong. He knows I don't need to get my whole body into it. Right. I, I I'm strong. I create plenty of bat speed. And maybe if I take away extra movement and just am robotic, 
then I can just go from here to here yeah. and make more contact. But it doesn't, it's, it's his timing and rhythm yeah. and his athleticism that's taking away from his lack of contact, not from point A to point B. He's, he's plenty quick. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have terrible long swing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take him 0.2 seconds to get to the ball. He's efficient. But why does he still not hit? Well, it's there's more to hitting than just swinging a bat really, really fast. You know, you know when you brought up um, Joey Gallo and his vision, it, it mm-hmm. brought me back to a time where I was watching an old YouTube game of my favorite NFL player of all time, Troy Aikman, my favorite of all time. Really? And, yeah, you didn't know that? Do you, do you like him as an announcer too? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Him and jo- Joe and Troy on Sundays? Are you kidding me? There's no well, better... We'll- We'll see you guys uh, next year with a new host of the podcast at the lab BCS. This is Jake Epstein. (laughs) That's all right. I'll start my own podcast with Troy. Um, Anyway, I I don't know what I would talk to him about, though. It brought me back to a time, though. uh, I was watching a game on YouTube and Pat. He's a winner. Yeah, exactly. And did you ever see the way he throws the ball? I used to like him just so I told you, I think I've said this story. I mean, no, I told my sister this story. I didn't tell my dad, who's a Giants fan for the longest time, that Troy Aikman was my favorite player because I was afraid I was going to get yelled at as a kid. And so my you sister one in, time had to grow up in Texas. So we as we grew, as as we've gotten older, my sister one time at dinner called me out on it and, and uh, looked at me and said, Who, who's your favorite player again, football player again? And I had to tell my dad. He didn't really care at this point. Um, but it reminded me of a time when when Pat Summerall and John Madden were doing the game and, mm-hmm. and Troy Aikman's contact fell out. And and John Madden said, mm-hmm. when, when Troy Aikman has his contacts and he can see better. Like, That's the same kind of Troy Aikman comment I hear when I watch games. Oh, that was com- a really great Are pass you- down the right sideline there. Thanks, Troy. I'm watching the game. You're not doing the radio. What you're not listening then? You are. He made a he made a stupid comment as an announcer. He sees better when his contacts are in. Is no, that what Troy, you said? No, John Madden said that about Troy Aikman when Aikman was playing. Right, that he sees better when his contacts are in. Yeah, and you're telling yeah, me like, that, that Aikman does the same thing. Yeah, he says obvious stuff. Oh, you're right. Like, he doesn't mind. He doesn't bring anything to the game. He's like, oh, there was a nice run. There's a great hole that was opened up. So I guess Gee, so I guess just to go with our topic today, you're saying Troy Aikman as an announcer is overrated. Yes, but as a player, not great yeah. player, great player, one of the best great of player. all time. And he's honestly, my kind of guy, by the and way. And honest, honestly, he's he's a good announcer too. You don't like no, you don't think he is a good announcer. You can be honest. Well, I like Romo, and probably oh, people God. don't like Romo. See, I, I don't mind him. My mom absolutely can't stand him. She's like, why does he talk so much? All he does is talk. Yeah, he just, he just yaps he, all the time. He doesn't shut see, up. I, I wasn't a quarterback, right? So, or, and I didn't play football very long. So, like, to me, I learn a lot listening to him. Like, oh, like, mm. oh that makes sense. Like, yeah. okay, this and that. And so he brings things to me, but maybe that's different. Maybe, you know, the average football fan, no, they're football fans. They're football fans, man. They know stuff. Um, but I feel like sometimes there's announcers that just state the obvious and um, they don't bring anything. Aikman's one of them. You're saying. Yeah, I, I think. Mm. Yeah. If you really listen. So he's that. overrated. Uh, Joe Buck overrated, underrated. Um, oh, he's overrated. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. He's over. How do you figure? 
I don't know. That's what everyone else says. I'm just going along with everyone else. A couple of other quick notes from this week. Um, congrats to Clemson softball pitching staff for two no hitters in one week. Are we changing the subject? Well, because I know you're a softball Pat guy. Pat Summerall over a. Is he overrated, Pat Summerall? You know, no. You know who the best is? Who? Jim Nance. No, overrated. Okay, I got one. Mike Tirico, overrated. Jim doesn't talk about himself all the time, like oh, Buck. Joe Buck never has never talked about himself in his life, although he did write a book. Um, overrated, underrated, Mike Tirico. President Obama. Mike Tirico? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I don't know. I don't want to say anything about Mike Why not? I feel like he's really entertaining, but I don't feel like he's very professional. Like when he does golf tournaments, or, I, I don't know. Like it, It's like a... Like, I like listening to him, but he doesn't seem like the prototypical announcer. You know, I don't know. Okay. He is, I think he is so criminally underrated. Because everybody, when they put announcers in the categories, they go, yeah. Buck, Michaels, Vance. Yeah. You know, Jamoke over here. But Jerico's yeah. always kind of on. Yeah, Jerico has like a weird delivery. But he's he's smooth with it. He, he's so, so smooth, I like him. He? Like I always I always like him, but I don't ever see Tariko as you know the head. I don't think he has the voice you know to be that lead guy. Al Michaels you know, like, overrated, underrated. I don't think he's overrated. He's neutral. Yeah, he's what he yeah. is. I think Al Michaels is terrific, and I think the fact that he's still good. At, I don't know how old he is. He's got to be seventy, doesn't he? Yeah, like he's. He's still pretty good. Chris Collinsworth, overrated, underrated. Mm, I like Collinsworth. Yeah. I would say underrated. I think he brings a ton of that, like, wow, I never thought about that value. Yeah, I agree. All right, now we're back on yeah. the same page. Okay. So you have no, nothing to say about the Clemson softball uh, pitchers throwing two no-hitters in one week? That's How about okay the girl don't. from North Texas that just struck out 21 players every out? That was pretty cool. Um, Wait yeah, a minute. Clemson- Is that every out? So she yeah. struck out. Every, so that wait, they every play seven out. innings. Sorry, seven so my soft, our softball listeners. I apologize. I don't know. I should know. Seven innings. Yeah, and she struck out every batter. What's her name? She struck out every batter, yeah. and she plays for uh, North Texas. Okay. I don't know. I can't get her think name. of it off the top of my head. Well, congrats! But to that's her. pretty cool. And yeah, congrats to to Clemson as well. Um, another interesting thing I found a couple of days ago, Chris Bryant, who was one of the subjects of our bounce back year episode a few episodes back. So mm-hmm. go ahead and listen to that. He's off to a really good start this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we talk about on this show, getting good pitches to hit, right? We always talk about that. We just mm-hmm. talked about it with Gene, Car- a little bit with Gene Carlo Stanton there. Um, whose name, whose name when he came into the big leagues was Mike Stanton, Mike, big Mike, Mike Stanton also was a pitcher for the Yankees in the late nineties. You might remember. Yeah. Left here. Um, anyway, Chris Bryant this season, we talk about not missing pitches and not missing the fastball. We've talked about that many times on this show. So I, I got this stat from Tim Kirchin the other night. Um, and it, it's pretty accurate. I think it's around, this is in the ballpark. I, um, I don't think it's changed all that much, but Chris Bryant against the fastball this season is hitting 350 as compared to 230 last year. So I think, I mean, obviously you can give a better explanation to that, but there's a lesson in that statistic. Don't miss the fastball. 
First thing they tell you in pro ball, if you can't hit a fastball, then you should go find something else to do. It's true. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, but you do have to be able to, I mean, look at all the breaking balls guys throw nowadays. So, mm-hmm. um, so let's go back to why were the Cubs, they're hitting better this week, but why were the club Cubs awful, right? So I don't know what their philosophy is and what they're trying to do, but they have the worst average of any player on fastballs um, at the belt, you know, from the belt to right. the belly button, like wow. awful. Like you right. buy it, everybody in their life, nobody get Bodie, whatever. Like Rizzo's the only one that kind of get to it. Right. Cause they're all dumpers and where do they hit balls at the shins? Right. So, so what happens now is, is, I guarantee you Bryant set up his hack attack machine mm-hmm. at the belt at 90 plus miles an hour during the off season. Mm-hmm. And he just worked on staying on top, staying on top, staying on top, staying on top, staying on top. And then he rolls into the season. How are they going to pitch the Cubs? You go to your scouting report for the week. Oh, we got to throw fastballs up, fastballs up, fastballs up. Boom. He's mm-hmm. ready for it. He prepared for it. He did his job. Mm-hmm. And now they'll start to make adjustments with him but probably not with, with Baez and some of the other guys they have in their system. So um, I guarantee you that was uh, – and you can't. If you dump the barrel early, you're not going to catch up to a fastball at the belt. And it's a really hard pitch to lay off of, right? And it's a yeah. strike. Mm-hmm. So you got to find a way to, to get to it. Now, once in a while, they are going to leave it down, right? They're trying to throw the belt. They throw it at the thighs, and maybe somebody's going to run into it. But he definitely made a made an adjustment to, to get to that pitch this offseason and good for him. Yeah. Very By, good for him. And if Byers, I was the Chicago Cubs coach, every day I would have a hack attack machine and I probably wouldn't even put it up high. I'd probably keep it at like a five foot release point mm-hmm. with a high spin rate. So it was only dropping like two or three degrees. And I would make all my guys hit low line drives with it. Boom. Every day. Just to feel that move, feel that move, feel that move to get out of that funk that they were in. Yeah. The problem is they were in it. Somebody put them in it. Somebody said, this is what we have to do. And it didn't work. Yeah. And, and, and Baez is back to uh, being the old Baez on the negative side where he just chases everything. Yeah. It's awful. Right. Yeah. Awful. Because where Maybe. do you chase down? It's easy to chase down. Yeah. Right. Especially if you're a low ball hitter. I'm yeah. a low ball hitter. Ooh, I see a slider down. Maybe it looks like a fastball out of the hand. It's mm-hmm. in my wheelhouse. Boom. Now all of a sudden it's at my foot. Done. Swinging every time. I'm giving myself more credit than I should be, but I, I noticed um, that they, they didn't lose any bat speed or bat quickness. Uh, and scouts have said that as well in an article that I read this week. So what, in your opinion, what's going on? Why are they missing, besides chasing, why are they missing the fastball so much? Why are they missing? They're trying the to hit everything hit? in the air. Mm-hmm. They're concerned about speed. They're concerned about, you know, um, whatever, you know, launching balls high. Yeah. Miss, missing in the air. You know, yeah. I want my miss to be in the air, not the ground. And, and they didn't have the right way. There's a right way to do that, and there's a wrong way to do that. Yeah. And I'm not going to say it on a podcast the right way to do it because that's why I make money consulting but there's you know if you want to increase your your average launch angle there's certain ways to do it and there's certain ways that seem obvious that will lead to a team never hitting at all so when you make that change when teams made tried to make that change a few years ago something's like oh we got to hit the ball in the air more we got to hit home runs then they made a change throughout the entire organization yeah just totally destroyed them and now they're trying to find ways to, to fix it to fix mm-hmm. that problem. And some people are smart enough to do it and some aren't. Yeah. 
or some have the experience and some don't. And some, that's right. All right, before we get into today's topic, let's break into our listener question. By the way, we didn't get any que- any questions or topic ideas for overrated, underrated. So I'm a little disappointed in our yeah. listening audience, but we did get a listener question. And this comes to us from Sam from Chicago or somewhere in around hey, Chicago. All right. Yeah. We were talking about the Cubs. Hope White Sox family. Um, you know, there is another team in Chicago that's pretty darn good. I know. And a, and a, pr- a couple of pretty good hitters as well. A couple of pretty good hitters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a nice ballpark, by the way. Yeah. Uh, this comes to us from, uh, again, from Sam from somewhere in Chicago. He uh, sent this via jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com. Sam writes, hi, Jim and Jake. Great show you guys have on here. I just, uh, when I read that sentence, I just heard his uh, Chicago accent say that. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. My son is in middle school and he's thinking about playing football this fall. One of the, his baseball coaches warned against him doing that, saying there's a chance that it will slow his bat speed down. Is this true? I thought playing as many sports as you can when you're a kid helps develop a more diverse athletic skill set. Thanks. I really enjoy listening every week. And again, that's from Sam from Chicago or somewhere in Chicago. Sent to us via Jimbo Podcast 21 at gmail.com. Sam, thank you very much for the question. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Sam, let him play football. Does he yeah. like football? Let him play football. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do? He's going to get bigger and stronger. Yeah. In fact, I have a, a, a friend here, you know, and I work with his son, and he plays at the Logie's a freshman this year at the high school, and he plays football. He's not a great football player, mm-hmm. but his baseball coach wants him to play football because the lifts, the workouts they do for football, the football strength coach is fantastic. He's like, go work out with the football team. Mm-hmm. I have a kid in Texas that's a football and baseball player. He's he'll be a, he's a junior this year. Great athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, he works out with the football team every morning. His high school coach wants him to work out with the football team instead of the baseball team. So he works out with football in the morning, um, even during the season. So go play football. I, I think every coach has their own ideas and you know, maybe getting too big. Now, if, if he's a running back, you know, maybe he gets hurt. You know, <laughs> I mean, that would be my concern if playing football, but yeah. it would have nothing to do with my swing speed um, getting less, you know, you know, maybe if you played football and never picked up a bat for two years, you know, maybe then your bats need to be less, but no, he's going to be just fine. Yeah. When I read that question and I, and, and I is read, it middle school? Yes. Yeah. Middle, gosh, have fun. Middle school football is like the first time you put pads on for the most time for your, for your school. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I don't know if it's it. for them. Yeah. Well, not right. Yeah. Um, but when I saw bat speed, slow bat speed down, when I saw that in the email, yeah. I was, I, it kind of, I was like, really? Somebody actually told him that? That doesn't really yeah. make, I don't see how that would. I mean, that could be happen. some old school stuff. Like, oh, you get bulky, you know, you get too bulky. Mm. I mean, maybe the kid's an offensive lineman. I don't know. He's, you yeah, know, going to be 300 pound monster. And well, that might, you know, slow some bat speed down. But yeah. um, I think it's been proven over the last decade or so that strength, mm-hmm. it, you know, increases bat speed. Yeah. Play every sport you possibly can. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly going to tell my kids anyway. Yep. All right. Final segment of our show, our main topic today. It's our first ever overrated, underrated. And we already got a taste of it earlier when you said you don't like, didn't like Troy Aikman. Um, I didn't say I didn't like him. I you just, said you didn't like him as a commentator. I said that he doesn't bring a lot to the table. If Captain him. Obvious was an announcer. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just like people that, you know, I like, I always like to learn things that I don't know a lot about. And I, there, and I don't, so I, let me ask you this. What's uh, uh, 
and this is kind of cheating, but what color commentators in baseball do you like? Do you learn from? Yeah. Um, Not many, because you already know a lot of stuff. No. A-Rod? I hate to say it. He he. His delivery is awful. Mm-hmm. Like awful, but I hate, says, I, I hate how he calls Matt Vaskersian Matty. It really kind of gets gets me annoyed. Like I call you Jimmy. No, you don't call me Jimmy. You call me oh. Jimbo. Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I changed my daughter's number to twenty one this year, so I'd remember your email address. Good, good. My she was number was... three. I was like, hey, two plus one equals three. How about your twenty one this year, so I can, you know, right. reiterate it. Uh, yeah, I I, I enjoy listening to the content that a rod puts out from a mental aspect because i think it's really really good and i think young kids can can learn a lot from it you know everyone mm-hmm. thinks oh a rod he was this freak and you know he maybe had you know performance enhancing things and this and that but the fact of the matter is that dude came up he was an all-star at 19 years old you know mm-hmm. he was a great shortstop so he has feel you know he has above average uh, mental abilities when he got into the box, you know? So I like when he spits that out. Um, sometimes um, Eduardo Perez. Guy. Oh, Eduardo, yeah. yeah. E- Eduardo Perez, like, says some really, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's really good stuff. And then sometimes he says stuff where I'm like, that, no, no, that doesn't work. You can't look for a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and hit, like, an 85-mile-an-hour slider. Hmm, like, yeah. you can try your best, but that's going to be really hard to – make that adjustment you might be able to foul it off but you know staying through something like that is very difficult um the rock i haven't watched the rockies game all year why i don't know they really upset me with the whole nolan arenado thing yeah. monfort's a he wants to make his money and who the owner oh monfort i thought you're saying manfred's monfort. wrong <laughs> oh no monfort monfort yeah. m-o-n-f-o-r-t so monfort just you know, whatever he takes his net revenue at the end of the year, and you know, right? He doesn't. He doesn't really care. He, he gets. I mean, they had such a. Uh, if they would have just paid for a, a, a decent free agent once or twice to put along with, you know, Blackman and Story and Arenado. Yeah. Like it. It could have been. It could have been a really great place, and they. They just didn't. They could have gone out and got a free agent catcher. You know, they could have gone after Real Muto. Something. I would have said wanna... Gr- Yasmani Grandal. Right. Very affordable, like, very good defensively. You, you, like you can, there are players out there, you get a pitcher or two, you know, and it's like they they just have, they just don't do anything. And um, so I haven't watched it. Anyway, their color guy is Jeff Houston. Um, you know, not my favorite, you know. Um, Ryan Spielberg sometimes fills in. Mm. He's kind of fun. Yeah, he's Santa Barbara guy. Like, All right, yeah. uh, how about how about this? Uh, baseball, listening to baseball on the radio, overrated, underrated, underrated. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think if so, you ever listen, I never do it. I never do it. But if I you ever listen to I football, throw. if you ever listen to football on the radio, it's it's yeah. really hard to follow. Yeah, same thing with basketball and it is. Yeah, not, the, not that those guys fun. are bad, but it's just it's 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 just harder. You got to really well. It's it fast right. because it's everything happens in like a six second burst. Right. Right. And then they wait for 35, 40 seconds, you know, for the play clock to, you know, get the play in and all that stuff. And then it's yeah. like, boom, boom, boom. So you got to talk really fast when it happens. Where baseball, you're just kind of cruising through. And then when they hit a ball, if you're five seconds late on the call, 
doesn't matter. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like nobody knows. Well, it's just there is there's a way there's some people who are really good at doing football on the radio. Did we just way start to do the it? Over, but... Overrated, underrated, without even knowing. We did. Or did you? Well, did I, I intro it. I, I, I segue to it. I said final segment, segment, our main topic, overrated, underrated. But that I, that wasn't the order I was going to go. I was just you know spitballing. That's what we do yeah. on the show. We yeah spitball. Obviously. All right, we'll start with. Do you want me to start with movies? All right, what do you want me to start with? Movies, decades, nineties TV shows. Yes. I'm going to start with movies. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll go through these fairly quick. The Taken series, overrated, underrated. Oh, I saw the first one. I have three daughters. I got scared to death. I make them watch all of them. This is why you don't go to Europe. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I don't know. What do overrated. you think? I'll leave this one. To you. Overrated. overrated. Okay. 100% okay. overrated. Okay. It's the same. It's the same plot in all three movies. You know, how many, when are you going to, when is she going, when is the daughter, or when are they going to learn you're, to not get kidnapped? Learn some street right. smarts, honey. Right, Jesus. right. Uh, the Rush Hour series. Underrated. Oh, completely, completely underrated. Yeah. Chris Tucker is hilarious. Hilarious. Top Gun, overrated, underrated. And if you say, oh, if you say underrated, I'm going to spit on you. Uh, overrated then that's easy if you're gonna spit on me through the phone that's gonna be some weird like i learned all about the horned frog mm-hmm. the t- tcu horned frog we went down to texas to view some schools you know yeah. for my oldest and so we kind of started in dallas and made our way down to college station and i learned the horned frog you know because they got these big state what a beautiful campus tcu is by the way and their sports facilities and the way they lay it out is so cool like i wanted to go there Mm-hmm. Um, but the horn frog is only like this big, right? And it shoots blood out of its eyes, right? Okay, <laughs> that's it. What were we talking about? We're talking about Top Gun. I'll say right now, it's, it's overrated. Well, the horn frog, the horn frog's underrated. Uh, Top no, Gun, no, I said Top Gun. I never brought up the horn frog. You brought Top Guns. Oh, no, you said you were going to spit through the phone. I immediately thought horn frog shooting blood out of its eyes. That's How, that's but the, I'm not going to shoot blood out of my eyes. I'm just going to spit. But something spits going to come out of the phone. That's that's like blood out of the eyes. Uh, yeah, we can call that. I mean, I love Top Gun. Do you really? I've I've but, I, I, I had to sit I, on a college bus, uh, watching that movie every road trip. It's it's fucking awful. Yeah. It's I mean, it's definitely movie. old. It's not an awful movie, but it's yes, probably it overrated. If you've seen it, if you've seen it more than three times, it's awful. Um, Wedding Crashers, overrated, underrated, underrated, overrated. The Shining, overrated, underrated. The Shining with Jack Nicholas, not the first one. The Shining with Jack Nicholas or Nicholson, whatever, fucking whatever his name is. What was the first one? There's a there's one that was made before 1980. That did not involve Jack Nicholas or Shelley Duvall. Nicholson. So the Nicholson one I'm talking about. Overrated, underrated. Was it still the same story with the book? It was pretty much the same story with the book, yes. That's a tough one. I'm going to say underrated. Hmm. Because I, the first time I watched it, I was like, hmm. And then like the third time, I was like, well, there's a lot, a lot of depth in there. Yeah, and and a lot of people don't really can't grasp the ending. Yeah, right. Whatever reason, it's hard to yeah. grasp. Yeah. What do you think the ending was about? I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know. It was his. It was it was his demise. It was just how your situation mm-hmm. can 
can change you. The uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? The uh, not the community, but the environment that you're in. Yeah, it can mold you into a person. Like if you're in a bad, if you're a baseball player mm-hmm. and you're in a bad environment with a team, you know your coaching staff. It's going to change you as a player. Mm-hmm. You know he obviously was in a bad environment. See, that's that's and that's why crazy. that's why you need you need. It's the problem with our country nowadays. You, you you need winners in this country, or in this in a clubhouse and mm-hmm. in the country, mm-hmm. uh, in this cl- in a clubhouse. You need winners and you need people who buy in. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't right. have people who just freelance. You know that's how right. teams win. That's how teams lose. That's how you yeah. lose as a society. But nobody really cares. Mm. All right. Um, so the shining. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna say neutral for that. By the way. Yeah, great movie. It's a great movie to watch, like in the winter. I didn't know neutral was an option. It it, it can be special circumstances. Okay. All right, I got I got one that's completely overrated movie, Armageddon with Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, that fucking sure. movie is so <laughs> overrated. My God, that movie comes with a slice of cheese. Critics critics hated it, but it made yeah. so much money. Yeah, maybe because I was around the time when like the world was supposed to end in Y two K and people. Right. Were, into that shit. Silence of the Lambs, overrated, underrated. Underrated. Yeah, underrated, but they shouldn't have made more movies. They should have just stuck No, they should, you're exactly right. Yeah. All right, move on to to decades. It's going to be an interesting little conversation mm-hmm. here. Moving on to decades. The 70s decade, overrated, underrated. Yeah, it depends who's I guess looking and creating the I don't know. I feel like all the old decades are underrated. All right. I say overrated for that. 80s, the 80s decade, overrated, underrated. Overrated. Underrated. 90s decade. Underrated. 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 Has this turned into a competition all of a sudden between us? <laughs> I, have a th- I have a theory, by the way, about decades, but go ahead. Yeah. No, I think that the 90s was like, everyone's like, oh, the 90s brutal. Everybody wore flannels and baggy clothes and yeah. stuff like that but now the music's coming back I the music so. scene was good is in the 90s yeah it was yeah, good in the man. 90s now though the music alternative scene. what are your no, daughters listening to what did what are do- sometimes they listen sometimes they listen to 90s they, they listen to i don't know all that TikTok. pop that pop crap yeah, yeah i turn on like one of the top 40 the stages. baby they like the baby See, I don't even know who that Baby is. Baby is a big one. Yeah, he's, he's some kind of new guy. I t- I t- I t- they also <laughs> listen to Gordon Lightfoot. You know, I brainwashed him with a little Gordo once in a while. I, I turned bad. on, I turned on, I don't know who that is, by the way. I turned on top, a top 40 station the other day and just, I, I couldn't, I had to turn it off. The crap that's on there is just awful. It's awful yeah. music. They're not You're an old man now, Jim. Well, no, the 90s and early 2000s. All right, so here's my here's my theory. 70s decade was was vastly overrated. In fact, I think it was a terrible decade for this country. The 80s decade was vastly underrated. And it was so great for everything that because it was starting to develop. Things were starting to really develop. And uh, the peak, I think, of this country, maybe we'll get back to it one day, was the 80s decade. The 90s decade was so great because it fed off the 80s decade. And it compounded with the music, the great music that was starting to develop with the new hip-hop and rap music that was starting to mm-hmm. come into play that was actually really good mm-hmm. movie you can't so look at the 90s decade you can't tell me that the tv shows the sitcoms everything on tv back Best. then everything back then 
is comparable to what is on TV now. Think about it. The mm-hmm. best sitcom, and this is the truth, everybody, and I mean this, the best mm-hmm. sitcom on TV today, if it was on TV today, would be King of Queens. King of Queens wasn't that good of a show in the 90s. Think about it. It really wasn't that good of a show, but it would be the best sitcom on TV nowadays. Everything sucks now. Yeah. And but see, well, then, there, then, is, there is no. It's like all Netflix. And it's like 40-hour movies. Yeah. And then, and then see, in the 90s, it was so good. The 90s decade was so great that it fed and bled into the early 2000s and mid-2000s, 2005, 2006. That's when things started to go downhill a little bit. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it all I'm has saying. to do with Adam Sandler. You blame, why do you blame him? You don't like well, his movies? No, I, I don't know. But Adam Sandler was at his peak, so was this country. Overrated, underrated, Adam Sandler. Overrated. Mm-hmm. But I love him to death. All right, 90s TV shows. Speaking Those of are which. some stupid movies that I watch all the time. Mm. So maybe he's not overrated. The stupidest movie I ever saw with him in it, Click. Yeah. God awful. Yeah. So some 90s TV shows. Um, Seinfeld, overrated, underrated. Neutral. Okay. It was yeah. the best and still is. Yeah. Everybody loves Raymond, overrated, underrated underrated yeah i i, I agree that was a, a pretty I've, good show i have i have friends show. who absolutely hate that show but i'm like really how do you not, do you not oh, like everybody he's... loves raymond it's so great yeah it's so funny uh frazier underrated oh fucking overrated this show sucks. oh my god that oh. show had great writers you're not smart enough for that show that's the probably, problem probably not family matters <laughs> overrated underrated i'm gonna say overrated it was annoying yeah, kind of a caricature of things, I guess. Yeah. Boy, me. Oh, here's here's speaking of a caricature of a show of of life. Boy Meets World, overrated, underrated. Never saw it. No, oh, overrated by far. Okay. Um, the X Files, overrated, underrated. Never watched that either. What you watch in the probably 90s? underrated. Did you watch anything in the nineties? Yeah, I watched Seinfeld. I just told you, and Friends. That's it. Oh, Friends. Okay. Full House. Full House. Overrated. Also, a lot. Very overrated. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but as a cheesy. kid, very cheesy. Um, friends, overrated, underrated. Probably overrated. Oh, I would have said underrated because I didn't watch enough of it. Probably oh, really? more of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty good, but I mean, it was they got paid. I mean, that was the biggest show on TV, right, for a long time, especially after Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, all right, final one here, and we saved best for last. Baseball topics. Mm. <laughs> so really, what we should have started with before we lost all our listeners. No, no, no. I think you, you start <laughs> baseball's last. That's the main event. Main event on this card. All right. Um, uh, travel ball. That was one topic you brought up last week. Overrated, underrated. I think it's overrated. Why do you say that? Because it's so expensive mm-hmm. and there's so many tournaments that make so much money. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it almost forces players to get into that world in order to, to compete. Now, I think the players playing that much is good for them. I think they need to play, but I also think they need to you know, learn the dynamic of being with their, their buddies playing in, 
in a sandlot environment, you know, after school or playing other sports. So, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a big travel ball. I think it's, there's an organization here in Colorado and I have a, a student I work with that plays for the organization. They're pretty much the only one. They used to do uh, a lot of instruction when I first got here. So they, they didn't like me because I was like a threat, you know, for, mm. you know, cause there's only like, you know, 5 million students, you know, you could that play baseball in <laughs> Colorado. Right, right. They didn't want to give any up. Right. So, yeah. but anyway, so they got out of the instruction business and into the, the travel team business and they make a killing, but it costs this one kid. He said it costs him between summer and fall this year. So it costs him $7,000 to play on a, and he's 14 years old, 15 yeah. years old oh, to play on a oh, travel man. team. Yeah. So, so really it's all and, political. I mean, if you, if you make it or not, if you have the money, you'll make it. If you have the money, you'll make it. And the problem is that organization is in, in bed with the high school that he goes to. Mm-hmm. So his high school coach actually works for that organization. And so the more players he gets in that organization, I'm sure he gets a kickback for it. Right. So it's just crooked as all can be now travel ball, 10, the 10 year old level, 12 year old level. If it's done right, then it's great. Like I, the, the people down in Texas, it's pretty good. Like they, they, they have like, we're going to do six tournaments. Right. And we're going to practice once or twice a week. Like they do it right. And then they take two months off, three months off. Um, and they don't gouge their players, right? Like it's, you know, maybe $1,500 a year, you know, or for the summer. Um, and they can drive to places, right? They can drive to Houston to play or Austin to play or Dallas to play, where in Colorado and other areas, people are flying all over the country to play in these tournaments. Yeah. And then they get there and then there's two players from like, they're not even on the team that are just going to guest play with them because they, they need a couple of pitchers to be seen at a perfect game event. So mm-hmm. um, I digress a little bit here, but I, I don't think it's needed. I mean, we played. What about Babe Ruth travel? I, I played in the Babe Ruth. I didn't play Little League because it wasn't around in my region, but I played Babe Ruth travel. That's ball. And that's the kind of stuff I played, where you right. had a league. I like and that. And you played mm-hmm. every Sunday. You played doubleheaders on Sundays. We played tournaments, um, too. And you played, yeah. Like but district, we only, states, region. We had well, district, that, states, you, regionals, and then nationals for the Babe Ruth. Correct. So you had to you couldn't pay to get into a tournament. You had to compete to win your, you know, league. And then you want, if you, and then there was like a league term, it's like college, right? Then you yeah. went to your league tournament for San Diego. If you won your league or your section, then you went to the state championship. If you won the state, then all of a sudden you got to go to a regional. And then if you won the regional, you got to go to the world series. Well, now it's like, Oh, if you're on the list, it's uh, $1,500 a team. You can join any tournament you want to. So it, it's a, it's absolutely pay to play, you know, versus yeah. qualified to play. And um, it is what it is. It's not going anywhere. I'll tell you that much. It's a big old business. Yeah. I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do when I have kids about that. I'm right in it right now. And it's like, I'm going to try to wait. I'm definitely not doing it at 10. I might. Cause your whole life is done too. As like a parent. Yeah. And like, and I think constantly... baseball parents thrive off that because they think their kids are going to go pro at age 11. See, I hate it. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to go like the entire, I, I'm not going to be able to spend time with my other kids. Yeah. If I take my one kid to a tournament in Fort Collins and we play, you know, six hours a day mm-hmm. and then we drive home or stay in a hotel and then we do it again. And um, it's very, it's very difficult. So, you know, 
I'm yeah, like I at four, I, 14, 13, 14. I can kind of see it. I didn't start doing it until I was 14. We didn't do uh, too much traveling when we did district regionals and whatever. Yeah. Uh, districts, we didn't, but I'll say this that is a lot of sacrifice for parents. By the way, parents, I, think, parents I do think love it, but I, it's a sacrifice for these siblings. So I want to thank my sister for all those years for coming to my games and sacrificing. I did go to her cheerleading tor- tournaments, but. Right. but it's, it's sac- any sport it's not just sacrifice. travel baseball yeah it's travel basketball it's it's gymnastics gymnastics mm-hmm. is crazy yeah so it's cheerleading Swimming. by the way about, cheerleading my sister did yeah. that competitive cheerleading there are times where they went they had to go to maryland they went all over the place up and down the mid-atlantic mid-region a lot of work yeah. it's a lot of work but there's something different about baseball where parents just think that so you and I, though, we have a skewed perspective because we have experience in the pro game. Mm. So we, we kind of think that's a little different. Right. We think we yeah, think of it I differently. Think, I think so. You know, and some parents love it. Some parents right. want to go sit exactly. in the ballpark all day, talk to other people, go out to dinner with them at night, yeah. you know, and and, um, and that's cool. Right. Yeah. But like some people, some parents enjoy it more than their kids. Yeah. That part of it. Right. And uh, well, we're, we're, we're too busy. We have podcasts to record. Yeah. Tell me, what am I going to do if I got a tournament? I can't can't do the podcast. You can do the podcast live from the tournament. You can do it live in the stands and perform in go. front of everybody. So everybody can be listening to you. It's a good idea. I know. I'm full of them. Um, all right. So travel ball for you is overrated. I got you. Right. Did I get that right? Yeah. Certain aspects of it. All right. Junior college overrated, underrated underrated yeah uh, i agree with that it's underrated though if you're have a chance to get drafted mm-hmm. right it's underrated if you want to go get general ed even if you're not an athlete i think it's underrated mm-hmm. okay you know you don't have to party your freshman year and join a sorority or fraternity go get your classes done yeah yeah Save that's some just money. being that, that yeah that's just from a financial perspective uh bat speed overrated underrated <laughs> how much time do we have um, oh, we got about we got about five more minutes i'm gonna say for the context of the state of baseball right now it's overrated okay because bats because bat speed without game bat speed because you can have bat speed off a of tee Right. Um, but bat speed without a swing plane, without bat quickness and efficiency is point. It doesn't. All right. It's not a point. But if you have a good swing yeah. and you don't have very good bat speed, you're not going anywhere either. Mm-hmm. So. So bat quickness, overrated, underrated. Underrated. Okay. And could we? What is bat quickness? Just so everybody knows. The the time it takes for you to get from your launch position to contact. So yeah. it's an efficiency number. That's but why it also. Yeah. And so if you, you could have really good bat speed, but it could take you a long time to get to that bat speed. And then it's, it's kind of overrated, but you can also have a good efficiency number by just letting the ball get really deep. Mm-hmm. So the key is you have to have good bat speed and a um, uh, good bat quickness. Bat quickness usually means you don't have a casting problem, an arm bar problem, or um if you're making contact at your front foot, but it means you don't usually have a really bad catastrophic issue. Yeah. So you really can't have one without the other. Correct. 
and one's not more important than the other. My dad always used to say bat quickness was more important. And what do you say? Well, if you're a 230-pound major league player, it's definitely more important because nobody in the major leagues has a bat speed problem. If you're a 12-year-old that's just trying to hit the ball out of the infield, then bat speed's really important. So why do scouts always say, well, his bat speed is slowing down? You know, why don't they say bat quickness is slowing down? They could, yeah. They should. They don't do it, though. Right. No. Yeah, he's not as quick as he used to be. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's Albert Albert Pujols was quick the other night, hit a nice home run. Beautiful swing, by the way. He is still, yeah. We gotta do can we do a mechanical breakdown series? Can we do a mechanical breakdown series on him? Yeah, we could do old old Albert new or young Albert old Albert. Um hip rotation. Last one here. Overrated, underrated. At a youth level, overrated. Why is that? Because everybody's like, you got to turn, 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 rotate fast, rotate fast. And it usually causes issues. Mm-hmm. Like if they rotate, if they, they're conscious about their hips, then a lot of times their upper body will spin and mm-hmm. then it causes problems. Okay. Um, I've, so... I've never had a problem teaching a player to use their hips. Okay. I've had a lot of problems having players over rotate. What about, okay. So what about upper levels, higher level, overrated, underrated? Really hard to say. Yeah, I mean, neutral. I don't think big leaguers think about using their hips. Mm-hmm. But okay. you know what I also think? I also think okay. they use their hips really well. Right. <laughs> they do. They use their so whole body well, don't they? They use their whole body. Like a big leaguer never has to think about rotating. A big leaguer typically doesn't have a problem getting to an inside pitch. Yeah. Um, where a young kid does because they're doing something wrong with their arms. Like if they get long early with their arms, they're not going to be able to rotate their body. Mm-hmm. So rotation comes from hip rotation comes from your hands being very uh, subservient during the swing. So not using your hands much. So if you never use your hands at all, you will just turn. Yeah. If you use your hands early, you won't rotate very well. So you have to have the perfect timing of rotating, right? Hips before hands rotating and then bring the hands through. So mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. have an answer for that. Neutral. You know- you know that drill where kids put the bat behind their backs and they like just rotate Worst, the on deck stupidest circle. drill ever. Where do people, where do people come up with these drills? I don't, I, I, I don't get it. it. I love it. Yeah. Where do or people come up with squish the bug? Yeah, right. And they hit right. it. They put right. the bat and they try to hit the ball with it. Yeah, yeah it's really. It's, it's just easy, right? My mom could do that drill with someone. Mm. <laughs> There's no, you don't have to explain anything. Yeah, right, right. It's like squish the where do these drills come from? It's just oh boy. Okay. Um they come so, from simplifying a process. You know, you have a dad that has a full-time job or a mom that has a full-time job, yeah. and they're going to coach their kids' eight-year-old team or five-year-old t-ball team. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have time to research, they don't have time to go to clinics or seminars and mm-hmm. Do this. They don't have. They don't have a background of it. So they try to. Hey, your foot's got to turn. Your hips have to turn. How do you turn your hips? Turn them. Mm-hmm. Turn them fast. You know. Versus, well, if your foot works good and your knees work, then your hips will rotate properly, right? That's how I would do it because I have experience or wisdom, as you would say. So they come from somebody trying to help that isn't qualified. It would yeah. be like me, mm-hmm. right? It'd be like me, you know, being. Uh, you know, going over to Lockheed Martin over here, you know, 30 right. minutes down the road and being like, yeah, you just got to increase the propulsion. Right. Or, yeah, but, right. Exactly. Right. Or, or I, it'd be like you going into the booth and telling Troy Aikman how to, how to broadcast. 
Uh, we got a mechanical breakdown series in a couple of weeks. Best, Best ever closing ever. Thank we're, you doing, we're doing both. See you guys later. Yeah. You just, you just taticed me. Ep just, uh, yeah, you just threw me got a slider roasted. right down the middle and I yeah. can hit it 460 feet. For the record, that's the only ball I ever hit 460 <laughs> feet. Hey, but you got it all. Um, we're doing Bo Bichette in a couple of weeks. Ronald Acuna Jr. coming up too uh, later on this, uh, not this month. What month are we in? April. Um, I guess in June we're doing Ronald. Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do like a mechanical breakdown series on Troy Aikman's uh, throwing ability, throwing motion. Not an expert. I'm only an expert in listening. All right. Yeah. So those are our upcoming topics. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, do you have a promo you want to do for the lab? I always ask because, you know, you got a business to run as well, along with your yeah. professionally evaluating and all the other great stuff that you do, including being a great father. <laughs> I have a good father. Yeah, that's I, I mean if that, I fit- by the way. Ep, yeah, overrated, I, underrated as a father. I say underrated. I yeah, say. I mean, that's number one. Yes. You know, that's the reason I work is so that my kids can do stuff. Yeah. You can have a house. You know, I mean, that that's the thing. It's it's all about. And you'll find that, you know, as you get older, you young son of a gun. Yeah. Um, the lab labs labs doing labs doing great. Um, right. Yeah. If you want to come see us, come see us. Where, where can they come? We're see here you? for you. What's the price? Where can they come see you? Uh, we do lessons. We have a couple. We got uh, new and a couple new instructors. Yeah, we have. Uh, I guess the best part about the lab is you essentially are paying for a cage rental, mm-hmm. a cheap cage rental. Yeah, and you're getting instruction. That's right. the best part. And game reps, and we're working on your vision. So it's like it's awesome. We have like a two to one coach two students per one coach ratio going on right now. Yeah. And um, we're all about making players, players better. So for $50 a session, you can get 90 minutes of instruction and repetition and total training at the lab college station, 2018 peach Creek road. Perfect. I got it. I think I got the address right too in the graphic. So. They don't, call me, they don't call me the, the best, best is it's 2018. I believe that's when the land was purchased 2018. We right. opened in 19. So it's like interesting. Super easy. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Me yeah. as me as a podcast host, overrated or underrated? Uh, totally underrated. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. You take care now. Goodbye. <laughs>